Alex. And I'm Tina. And this is Alex and Tina's Favorite Things. Okay, welcome all to a special Inside Scoop edition of Alex and Tina's Favorite Things, the podcast. Today, we're going to answer all of your questions. We gathered questions from DMs, emails, texts, and we're going to answer them for you right now. So let's just get right to it. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Okay, Stacy asked, what has it been like living in Manhattan during COVID? Oh, man. Well, we have quite different experiences because you do. You um, weren't here for the summer. I weren't, I wasn't here for the summer, but, but before that, I feel like we can, we can both agree that the beginning of COVID was very scary and very intense. It was really scary. And it was unlike, I think anywhere else in the world at the time. I know that everybody had very scary experiences, but New York in particular was, was very daunting and very scary. And we were both here for that. We were both here for that. So I will say March, April, May, Mm -hmm. very crazy because New York got hit so hard, so fast. Mm -hmm. It was hospital shortages. It was, we were all inside. And I will say that the being inside was very intense because we don't have cars. We don't have backyards. We don't have basements. We don't have a lot of access to nature unless we go out into the world. And so the quarantining was not like quarantining in your house and then working out in your backyard. It was literally like trapped inside your apartment and New Yorkers were doing that. Mm -hmm. We were following the rules and it was so maddening to look at people around the country with large homes or that live in nature, not during the quarantine. Right. I know. I know. It was really hard. It was really hard to watch. And I also think like New York, the reason you live in New York, the reason you come to New York is to be out, to be doing things, to do. And when we buy apartments in New York or rent apartments in New York, the, you always say, whenever you're looking, you're like, well, it's okay that it's a shoebox or it's okay that it's got this because I'm never going to be there. Yeah, that's the I'm whole thing. I'm never going to be there. Well, I'm never home. I'm never home because you're always out. So you really just need a cheap place to crash, cheap by New York standards. You need a, a reasonable place to crash while you're out doing the things in the city. Nobody moves to New York City for the real estate, you know? So like... Living, I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to be alone, which I would say I'm fortunate to be, <laughs> be alone. <laughs> Most people were like, are you okay? You're by yourself. I was like, I love it. But I was by myself in, in a one-bedroom apartment, and I don't know. I was talking with my therapist the other week about this. I, I kind of, part of me sort of liked quarantine. I sort of, there was a part of me, as scary as it was, as what was going on in the world, part of me enjoyed the structure that I was forced to create for myself, Mm -hmm. the amount of time I had without commuting, without, Mm -hmm. you know, relying on anybody else to get what I needed. It was all on me. Mm -hmm. There were, there were silver linings to it. There were definitely silver linings. And I think that, well, what's so different about our experience is that I left during the very scary time Mm -hmm. when it was like mostly in New York and nowhere else. And people didn't believe it was real, but New Yorkers did and Mm -hmm. we're having it. And I skedaddled and came back and now it's much more calm. Not that everything has been figured out, but there's systems in place. People are able to do things very safely with guidelines, but I kind of missed the change. Right. So (laughs) I came back to like a whole new world. It really is a whole new world. There's, There's curfews. There's, but I will say about New York is that it's very, um, there's a lot of camaraderie and there's a lot of teamwork that goes in, Mm -hmm. like that you get that vibe that everybody's in on it, Mm -hmm. that it's like, yeah, if this is what we have to do, this is what we have to do because at the end of the day, New Yorkers have to get shit done. Yeah. So it's like, all right, if I have to wear a mask, fine, I'll wear a mask. And it, it is a good 
thing in that sense. I think that there's the stereotype of like the angry, pissed off New Yorker mm-hmm. is not really a thing. I think those people are just in a hurry or being direct because I actually think that New Yorkers are very kind and used to taking care of other people because you were forced to be with different backgrounds, cultures, languages all the time, be in tight spaces. There's this kind of what you were saying, this communal, we're going to take care of each other mm-hmm. vibe. So now we walk around the city and I have not seen a soul not wearing a mask. No. I really, unless it's like to take a sip of coffee. Right, right. You know, like most places have a sign that say no mask, no service. Exactly. Like it's, everyone is following the same rules. Mm-hmm. So you don't feel crazy. You don't feel, you know, like you're the only one who's wearing the mask. Like you're the only one who's doing whatever. Right. Which, you know, I've been other places visiting my family and depending on what like neighborhood you were in, mm-hmm. you would see a different thing. Right. No one's wearing a mask. Everyone is. There were different rules. And I find that to be way more stressful. I completely agree. If everyone's just on the same page, it, it's yeah. much more bearable and easier. Yeah. So. so yeah, it's been, it's a loaded question. It is, a, is a loaded, loaded question, question Stacey, you but can't excellent tell, question. But yeah, it's, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a journey and we'll see what's next. We will. Um, okay, this is from Brooke Shapiro. Love Brooke. Hi, Brooke. Hi, Brooke. One of my favorite people of all time. Okay, this is for you. Tina, how are you managing dating in NYC during COVID, and what are your favorite dating apps? Oh, Brooke, what a delightful question. <laughs> I'm, okay, let me just take a drink here. Um, okay, I'm, we're honest here on this mm-hmm. podcast. We don't hold anything back. Mm-hmm. Listen. I've never done better with dating um, than I have in COVID. And that's just very on brand for me to like leave it to a global pandemic for me to actually like have a good time. Um, at the beginning, it was like, oh my God, like I'm in my thirties. Like I, I, you know, at the beginning of the year, like a lot of people, it was like, okay, this is my year. I'm going to find love and I'm going to like really put myself out there. And I got on all the apps again after deleting them all. And you know, there were a few frogs this year, a few frogs and I stuck it out. I stuck it out and I did a lot of vision boarding, um, a lot of soul searching. I was on, God, I don't want to say my favorite apps because I hate the apps. They're so hard. I just really, and I've used them for years, Bumble, Hinge. I'll like drunkenly get on Tinder and then realize as quickly as I downloaded it how much of a mistake that was. Um, (laughs) But like I, you know, I've had dates from, I think mostly Hinge. Like that's the most that I've had dates from. But like it never goes beyond one date. Okay. Um, But I would, I mean, my my best dating service I have to say would be, you know, Alex and Vinny's uh, (laughs) dating service. I was, I was recently set up. Uh, with a I friend didn't of know yours. if you were going to reveal that, but I'm very happy you did. I feel like, you know, we're super open here. And it's yeah. like, let's just fill everybody in. I had asked Alex and close friends of mine, I want to be set up. If you, if there is somebody that you believe I would get along with or, um, you know, I, I think that being set up by someone with your friends is one of the safest things you, you yeah. can do. Um, I just prefer that. It also gives you something to talk about other than how many siblings do you have? What's your favorite color? Where do you work? You can... There's a jumping off point. Yes. And you know the person's not a murderer. And you know the person's not a murderer. You can... Always a plus. Yes. And there's also like the stakes are a little bit higher because it's like you both know these people and if you are an asshole, Mm -hmm. like it gets back to them either on either side, on both sides. So it's like if I'm an asshole to him or he's an asshole to me, like I don't want to reflect badly on my friends. Um, So I really... 
that was that was uh, probably the best, most successful dating app I've used. Um, Alex and Vinny. Alex and Vinny Services. Yeah. Okay. Services. But so at the beginning, because now I feel like you two are in each other's bubbles or pods or whatever. Right, and right. You, there's probably a system set up now during mm-hmm. COVID. But like those first few weeks, oh, what was the yeah. nitty gritty of, so it's height of COVID. Mm-hmm. It's New York City. Mm-hmm. You're trying to make this work. Like what was the first date? Like how did you take those steps? Okay. So that, that is a different I now I'm so used to it that I feel like it's right. a, not a thing. But yeah, okay, so it is <laughs> it really is sort of jumping into I mean for lack of a better term, it's like jumping into bed with somebody immediately because immediately you're like, are you protect are you do you use protection? Do you wear a mask? Do you um like do you believe the virus is real? Have you been tested? Yeah. <laughs> When's the last time you were tested? You know, it's like you you're asking these questions that like are usually reserved for something a little bit more intimate. Right. But you're like using the same phrases and terms. Right. You know. But so when I was, you know, dating, um, I really didn't date. I don't really date that much. But uh, when I started seeing this most recent gentleman, um, (laughs) it was, it was text conversations, which felt very normal, you know, typical of sort of being introduced over text and talking over text. But then it was like, okay, we'd like to meet up. Um, what do you feel safe about? Are you, here's, here's what I do. I, I ride the subway with a mask or I only take cars with a mask. I do this. I do like what we asked, you know, what are your day to day? Do you have a bubble? Are you social distancing? Are you creating safe spaces for yourself or, or is that important to you? We were very, we had a very open dialogue about, mm-hmm. um, how we felt about the virus and going out, what that looked like. Um, you know, when's the last time we were tested and, and when's the last time we went out and, you know, all those things. So that was broached before Good. the date. Yeah. That was all within like the first week of talking. Cause Good. you kind of oh. have to. Good for you. I mean, it's possible. It's possible to date, you know, but then when we got there, it was sort of a thing of like, are you okay if I take my mask off? Are you comfortable, you know, with me, you know, being, a, being across the table from you? Did or... you do a virtual first? Um, or was the first time you saw in fa- like even a FaceTime? Oh, you know what? Well, with 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 my with my current guy, yeah. no. The first time I ever saw him. Well, he got to dinner. He got to the restaurant before I did. Okay. So he was already at the table. We had discussed beforehand. You know, are you okay with having dinner? Um, and are you okay with you know not wearing masks? Obviously, because we eating dinner. So that was okay. But you know, I walked up to the table. I had a mask on. He was sitting at the table when I walked up outside. Okay. And so okay. he saw half my face and I saw his full face <laughs> the very first time we ever were in the same space together. That is a very unique first date. It yeah, is yeah. truly a unique experience. It's very wow. weird. But like truly, I'm so proud of you for getting through that. I don't know how I would have done. It, it had to be so overwhelming the first few weeks. It Well, yeah. And I will say like, cause I was, I had a few dates um, earlier in the summer that were they were, that was really, that felt very scary. Okay. Now it feels sort of like, okay, there are certain guidelines that I know right. to ask or certain, certain things that I know right. to talk about. And you know, the restaurants and every, you know, yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. has outdoor seating now. Yep. Like everyone's taking their temperatures. It's a universal thing in this yes. city. So it felt safer. It felt safer by the time we started dating back in, I think September. Um, it felt like an okay yeah. circumstance. But yeah. I mean, it was very weird that, you know, you get up from the table after dinner and you go for, you know, the romantic walk to the park or whatever and you're both wearing masks. In your mask On your first date. Oh my God. Yeah. Seriously, you're amazing for being so flexible. Oh my God. And it's, it is, it is not easy. <sighs> oh, thank you. It is not easy. Okay. <laughs> 
Leah asked Alex, what got you so into clean beauty? Okay, so this is actually kind of a longer answer, but as some people know, I have hypothyroid. I have low right. thyroid, which is an autoimmune thing. And then recently I found out I have estrogen dominance, which is I have too much estrogen. My body doesn't oh. clear it. Now, is this something that you were born with or does this so happen? It can happen. It's, it's a hormone imbalance. It okay. can happen later. So here's the thing. Both things make you gain weight or it's, it makes it hard for mm. your body to lose weight. Your body wants to like hold on to everything. My body doesn't want to clear stuff. Oh my gosh. So a lot of things that spike estrogen are these crazy ingredients in our skincare, mm -hmm. plastic, dairy, um, sugar, alcohol, gluten. So I try to just clean it up. Like wine mm -hmm. is my, my treat. Like that's yeah. like my thing, which is a lot easier than, um, which is a lot harder to give up than sugar. Like right, sugar right, right. Sugar is my easy, like <laughs> I don't care about sugar, but I want like wine and you tomato want wine. salad. Yeah. So I started just learning from there because I have these health things and I'm a person that's sensitive. So I just, and I find it really interesting. Like I'm mm -hmm. really into ingredients. I find it really interesting and I just do my best. Like I am so not perfect. You cannot be perfect. No, I think it's too much like too you big of an ask. It's too expensive. You, you know, there's, there's toxins and the, you know, harmful chemicals and like almost anything and pollution. Like when we walk outside, mm -hmm. but I try to do my best with no plastics, no parabens, no phthalates. Um, just try to like clean it up as much as I can, as mm -hmm. much as I can control. Um, but yeah, that's how I, I yeah. got into it. And you've kind of, you've gotten me into it too. It's, you've yeah. gotten me to the point where I'm now interested to know what is in What's my in products, something. where I hadn't thought of that really before. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, oh, you know what? I actually want to know. And it does, it's not a deal breaker. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, that's interesting. You know, if I have the choice next time, I'm not going to choose right. something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Most embarrassing moment while working. And this is from, this is from Julie Dietrich, who has a great podcast called the, called Beauty Conversations with yes, a fellow makeup artist. So yes. check that out if you like beauty. I love um, it. Most embarrassing moment. Okay, what's yours? Do you okay. have one? I do. Um, oh my god. Mine is so rough, but it's such <laughs> like a 21-year-old. Yeah. Like, okay. So a long time ago, I used to be a dancer, and I was hired at a really great theater as a dancer, okay? Mm -hmm. And they are fitting us for costumes. Mm -hmm. And they are trying to fit us into the costumes that they they fit the dancers when they did the show like four years before. Got it. Okay. So they're fitting me and I am a size like eight, 10, eight at that mm -hmm. point. Like I was being super restrictive. I was dancing every single day. Like I was small. I'm five nine. Mm -hmm. And they could not find, obviously, a costume to fit me. And all the other girls were like, oh, great. Oh, that feels great. Yeah, uh-huh, perfect. Oh, that. Mine's too big. Mine's too big. Oh, my God, I have to get mine taken in. Ugh. They could not find a costume to fit me. They had to specially make my costume. Okay, so now, at the age I am now, where I'm at now, I would have been like, great. Right. Specially make it. It'll be great. It'll mm -hmm. be fit right mm -hmm. for me. Cool. Okay, yep. that's your job. This is my size. Yeah. But at that point, I was destroyed Aww. like it was it was 
like it was embarrassing, but it was also it just so traumatic. You know that age, early twenties. You're so just aware. You're hyper aware of oh, what everyone's thinking of you and what yes. everyone is seeing. And the older you get, the more you lose that, which is such a gift. Oh but god! But at I know. that time, <gasps> Tina, oh my it god. was such a nightmare. I cannot even tell that, you. Do you know how many times that's happened to me on jobs? Where um, <gasps> oh, every I hate costume fittings. I hate costume fittings. It is without a doubt every single time I go in, they pull something for me. I think that, and I, I, I feel like you may have had a similar experience in your time. Like we don't look, when you look at us, I don't think you'd say, oh, that looks like someone that might wear a size 12 pant. Right. Because um, we're tall. Because we're, we're tall. really tall. But like, no, I'm a size 12. I'm a, I'm a 10, 12. Yeah. And I have really large thighs. Like, yeah. and I will say this to people and they're like, no, you're no, don't be hard on yourself. And I'm like, no, please believe me. I, my thighs are, I have a large yeah. bottom area. And yeah. like, please just believe me that, that I, that skirt is not going to fit. It's not, I'm bigger than you think I am. It happens to me all the time. All the okay, time. wait, I have another sneaky, I have another one. Yes. This is an embarrassing, just to that point, it was just funny. So this was years ago when I was modeling a little bit more uh-huh. and I was in this runway show. And they hired one plus girl, and it was me. But at the time, I'm a size 12 in jeans right now, but at the time, I think I was more of an 8, 10. Okay. And I get there, and I get there early, and I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there. And the woman who's like the PA, or she's like stage manager, she's like, where's the plus girl? No. Where is the plus girl? Like, she's not here. Like, where? And I was like, it's, I'm right, I'm right here. I was like, I've been here. Oh my God. But they just didn't, they didn't see me as that because I don't have those like giant, I don't have like huge boobs. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know what I mean? I right. just, I have, I'm big boned. I'm tall. I have, I have bigger, wider hips, mm-hmm. but it was so, they just like didn't really see it because I didn't seem in right. their head what they thought. Right. But plus can mean anything. anything. It's a size 12. It's a size 10. It's a size 18. Well, are, isn't there a new term now? Mid, mid size? Mid, are you hearing that? Which sounds like a, a lot. car, but like right. you know, I oh, I just I hate that there's such a differentiation, and I know that like we we touch on this every so often about yeah. our body images and yeah. how it's not talked about enough, like numbers and sizes, and yeah. they're like dirty words, and it's yeah, like that's, it let's just get rid be. of that. Yeah, it really needs to not be because I will tell you. So I'm saying I'm a 12, but I also have size 10 pants. I have size 10 pants in my mm-hmm. closet right now, and size 12. Yeah, and depending on what store you go to, yes. you're a different size, and it truly doesn't matter. But there is a part of you, and I don't know really where this comes from, but mm-hmm. it's so afraid of that number. Yep. When it truly means nothing, just get clothes that fit you and forget just get, about yeah, Exactly. It. And then you'll look like a million bucks. Yeah. Okay, so I, my embarrassing story okay. is very similar. Okay, it's okay, in okay, this okay. vein. I, okay. It's like you just triggered something in me that I was like, okay. oh my God, I remember this happening. And it was, I had just graduated from college, so I was 22 or 23, 22, I guess. And I went in, I was trying to do my agent, I just finished my showcase for okay. musical theater school. And I had all these interviews with agents that week. I say all, I think I had four. But um, I was really excited and there's this one agent and I will never forget the office that I was in it had way too many plants and it was like underground and it was really weird but I got called into her office and I sat down and she's looking at my resume and she didn't even say anything all she said was stand up turn around and at this point I was the smallest I had ever been in my life I was so 
I, at the time, I thought, oh my god, I'm, you know, I've got such a huge butt, and I'm so big, and I'm Ugh. curvy, and but I look back at those photos, and I'm like, oh like, my god, get a grip. But, like, I was this, I was technically the, I was the lowest number on the scale, I was the smallest number of pants I'd ever been in my life, and she said, she had me t- turn around, and then face forward again, and she said, are you carrying a little extra weight right now? And I was so horrified and so embarrassed after I'd been, you know, before showcase, you go crazy. You go on these showcase diets. Okay, and let's you... explain what showcase is. So yeah. Tina and I both went to musical theater school. And at the end of your four years of musical theater school, it culminates into what is called a showcase. And it is, you get to pick two songs that totally describe you and you have to wear your perfect outfit and there are agents and there are managers and it's not that big of a deal. No. But, 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 because the people that teach you have no idea what's actually going on in the outside world, Mm -hmm. it feels as if all of New York City will be there to see you and if you don't make every single right decision and if you don't have the exact amazing performance that Mm -hmm. you were planning, your life is over. Your career is over. Yeah, you might as well move home and never even try again. It's the biggest, you know, craziest build up for four years of your schooling. That's how it feels. And it is not a big big deal. deal. It is one. don't care. Yes. It is one day and you find an agent later. Yep. Okay. You want to know what? I found an agent from Showcase. You know what happened to him? What's that? He went to jail for embezzling (gasps) money from his people that he was managing. And then I had no agent and I had to start again. You know what? I found one. Right. So let's just, we all need to calm down. Everybody. If you're in musical theater school, just everyone calm down. Everybody calm down. You're going to be all right. Like it's going to be fine. But anyway, yeah, you go crazy. Oh my God. I was doing like two a days. I was like taking ballet in the morning. I was working out in the afternoon. I was like no carbs, kombucha yeah. or a smoothie for dinner. I was going nuts before my showcase. So yes, I understand. Right? And now I'm like, God, if I walked into an agent's office and they, first of all, if they said stand up and turn around, I would stand up. I would turn around. And I'd walk right out the door and be like, like, thank you so much for your time. Goodbye. This is not your audition for The Bachelor. No. Where you have to get out of a bikini and do a full body scan. No. This is more who you are, your talent, what you yes. bring to the table. And yes, we have to talk about body type. Yes, I had a meeting with my manager this week and we had to make sure my sizes were updated mm-hmm. on everything, you know, because people need to know what size you are, but they don't need to say, turn around, let me look at your butt. Yeah, no, no, that's okay. And this was a woman too, it wasn't even a man. Ugh, that makes me so mad. Oh, it, but it was hard, I was mortified. I was, and I was just absolutely horrified and shamed and it was like, oh my God, anyway, yeah. Oh, yeah, but thank God, thank God. But now it's like so, whatever. Yeah, we've come so far, and if that happened now, it would be a very oh, it would be a very different different situation. Story. <laughs> oh my God, Julie Dietrich, another great question. Most bizarre request while on a job. Okay, I have one where I was actually working as a wardrobe stylist on oh. a set. For an athletic, like, athleisure company. Mm -hmm. And we were in South Carolina shooting at this gorgeous location. But it was the middle of August. And it's South Carolina. Mm -hmm. So it was hot and it was humid as hell. Okay? (sighs) And it's, like, athletic, athleisure. So they're shooting these big, kind of muscular guys um, running, kayaking, doing all these things. Meanwhile, they're doing all of these athletic things. Meanwhile, I am wearing dry fit clothes head to toe just right. to like walk around because I am drenched in sweat just from like leaving my room. So something happened. I don't know what happened if it was the miscommunication between the client and the creative director or something, but they didn't want to see sweat. They were sick of seeing the guys sweating and okay. sweating through their clothes. But, but 
it was a shock to everyone how much they were sweating when it was 105 degrees in South Carolina, 100% humidity in the middle of the summer, and they're kayaking and they're running. So... So talk about an impossible situation. Right. It came as a shock to everyone. I can't believe they're sweating. I can't, I don't know. <laughs> Human I, beings. I, they, they were shocked. And it was up to me to be switching out their clothes so that they couldn't see the sweat. The same, you know, a different, you mm-hmm. know, the same outfit, just a different shirt. And while they were wearing one shirt, what I had to do was blow dry. Was blow oh dry the God. sweat. There is nothing like. And these clothes, you could have wrung them out. It looked like you <gasps> threw it in the lake. It. I was blow drying, oh sopping wet, sweaty boy sweat off of t-shirts for like what? four days. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my. Oh, that is so brutal. Yeah. That is so brutal. Yeah. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so that's fine. That is bizarre. <laughs> that's certainly bizarre. Okay, I thought of something. Okay. Um, and this was happening when I was touring with my band. So I'm in Okay, a, which tell us about your band. Oh yeah, so I'm in a name. I'm in a folk band. It's called a band called Hanalee. Um and it's a uh, a, a band that pays tribute to Peter, Paul, and Mary and all of their friends. And there's a bunch of us on the roster, so I'm just one of the many wonderful <laughs> wonderful, if I may say, <laughs> about myself. Um, female singers, and then there's also male singers and a bass player, and we all travel together and there's a bunch of us that, you know, can rotate in and out. It's really great. It's so good. You're Joni Mitchell when you sing Joni Mitchell songs. Oh, thank you. Are they kill me? I it's so my good. favorite stuff to sing. We should post some, but um, on Instagram. Oh, okay. I wouldn't say no to that. So okay, <laughs> so I was on tour with the band, and we had this tour in the Midwest, and um, it was our last show of this. St- we had been on tour for it was a short tour, three weeks. Um, and you know, it was it was all four of us crammed in a minivan driving around the country which was amazing it was like one of the best experiences of my whole life and we get to the last day and we're somewhere in Iowa and it's November it's the end of November and it is freezing I mean it is like ice cold there's snow on the ground we had we had just come from Minnesota where there'd been a horrible blizzard where we actually had to postpone this this date because of this horrible blizzard we couldn't get out all this stuff Mm -hmm. and we're all thinking okay this is our last show you know let's hope it's really special and you know you never know quite where you're going like you're like okay well I've got this theater company and we're gonna or this venue or this high school or wherever and you just show up and you don't know sort of what to expect and we drive in and it's a it's a beautiful day it's just freezing but it's a beautiful day and we drive up and we're going okay well that's the address and that's a building but there's a bulldozer and half the building is like deconstructed like half of it's blown up like it's like they are in the middle of tearing this building and we're like surely we're in the wrong place surely so we like walk in and we find the auditorium and there's like music blasting and jackhammering and saws going off and we're like hi where the where the band is this the right place and they're like oh yeah we're almost done um we're we're in the middle of tearing this building down um but we're we're clearing a space for you guys come in here and sing yeah but come in here for the bulldozer seriously what so there was caution tape everywhere caution tape everywhere people were in hazmat suits everything was blocked off there was not any there was no heating in the building it had been taken out the heat had been taken out um they were like we there was dust everywhere buckets and buckets of dust and things were literally hanging on by a thread the auditorium was the last thing they kept because they knew that they had booked this show of this building that was being demolished so we're like okay okay so (laughs) we're like 
all right. They're like, you know what? We're going to make the best of it. It might be a little chilly, but you know, there's going to be, there's going to be at least a stage for you guys to perform on. And we were like, oh my God. So as the night goes on, like it's approaching showtime. We do our sound check over jackhammers and saws and like saw horses and tools everywhere. And it gets colder and colder and colder. And they're like, we have no heat. There's just no heat. And, but people, we find they can wear their coats. They can wear their coats. People were bringing blankets into the auditorium fully in their winter parkas. By the second half of the show, I was completely numb that I put my Ugg boots on, my scarf, and my winter coat. And usually I'm in high heels, nylons, this like 60s, you know, beaded dress, this whole thing. And I was like, screw it. I'm freezing my ass off. And so, yeah, I did the second half of my last show on tour in Ugg boots and a scarf. And it was the most bizarre situation. And the next day, the whole thing was torn down. And your body was numb. Mm -hmm, And you mm -hmm. were in a half-demolished building. Yeah, yes. Wow. Singing folk songs in a half-demolished building. I wish that could have been taped. I do, too. That is hilarious. It was something else. And we were like, is this for real? Is this really happening right now? That yeah. is unbelievable. Things were like falling apart as we were in there. That is so funny. It was bizarre. Tina. To say the least. You, that's hilarious. I know. I know. Um, okay. Lauren asked best shoes for on set. And Lauren is a great, she's a PA. She has really amazing producing capabilities. Mm-hmm. She works on set. So like, what are we wearing when we're on set? Okay, well, I'm sort of, this is a tricky one because I, a lot of times when I'm going, because I do a lot of headshots, yeah, uh, makeup for headshots, and so I'm in people's home studios. So I'm, I'm barefoot a lot mm-hmm. or in my socks, which is not mm-hmm. great. But my, what I like to do when I'm on set, like when I just went to do this commercial job mm-hmm. and I was on set for 12 hours at a time, mm-hmm. I like to have two pairs of shoes, one for one day, one for the other day, because for some reason, mm-hmm. just changing it up from day to day mm-hmm. helps. But I always like to start the day with something with, with, ankle support like I like to wear boots like I was just gonna say I love a Doc Martin type lace up boot with like something on the bottom with Mm -hmm. traction yes in case you have to go out just in case of anything that's something that's really sturdy sturdy and your whole foot is covered yes because things drop you kick things you need like it's just I like to feel really grounded and really sturdy so I like a boot like I like a really well made boot me too I like a lace up Doc Martin style it's exactly what I wear same Same. oh my god well great question Lauren thanks everyone for listening to our Q&A and we'll probably do more so always send questions always send questions you can email us at alexandtinasfavoritethings at gmail.com you can send us a direct message on Instagram if you've got our phone numbers hit us up with a text message find us on Facebook we want to hear from you um we We've got a live show every Thursday at 8 p.m. on Instagram Live over at Alex and Tina's Favorite Things. And that podcast will drop every Wednesday. So be on the lookout for that. Yep. Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're there. Thanks for listening. Bye. And talk soon. Bye. Don't forget to like, download, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to check out the live show on Instagram at Alex and Tina's Favorite Things on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Hosted on dimlywit.com.